he's amazing. He's the strongest, he's the quickest, he's the best. Danger of And welcome to SMPD, the podcast where we look back at the cartoons that shaped our childhood. I am Chris Bolton. With me, as always, my partner in podcasting, Mr. Mark Williams. Morning. Morning. Jesus. Is it? Is it? Well, it, it will become Saturday morning when we fucking release it. I guess it will be, yeah. You're thinking <laughs> to the future. Damn, I've just let everyone into our dirty little secret. It's not actually Saturday morning when we're doing this. God damn it. I'll let you peek behind the curtains, folks. Um, no, it is actually a Wednesday night, and it is roasting hot here right now. So, um, yeah. I don't know how long this one's going to go before one of us passes out. So, let's, <laughs> let's just uh, see we'll how find out. Uh, yeah, podcasting in the summer, guys. Not fun. Turns out you have to close all of your doors and windows to keep out any interfering sound and sit in a small room with a computer on. Yeah, not pleasant. Uh, anyway, totally off topic already, and we're only like a minute and change in. Uh, this episode, <laughs> we are looking at Danger Mouse. Yeah, and no, um, I've got some very fond memories of Danger Mouse. Um, I don't remember specific episodes. I've gone back and watched um, a handful. Um, the last couple of days, I don't have much chance. Didn't remember the episodes at all, but I remember so many of the, the common threads that ran through. Um, things I know, Kung Moggy and stuff like that. Um so yeah, I mean, I remembered more of it than I thought I was going to, which was uh, quite a nice, uh, quite a nice surprise. Yeah, I mean, Danger Mouse is, it's fucking Danger Mouse. I, I, I don't know how to be any more succinct than that. This is one of the all-time greats, I think. Yeah. Um, well, I mean, it was voted um, the third best kids show after wow. The Simpsons and uh, something else I've just read. Um, yeah, it's no, it, it's widely regarded as being like amazing. I mean, um, it, it is for a, for a multitude of reasons that we'll get into. Um, I wouldn't even yeah. class The Simpsons as a kid show necessarily, so it might be no. that oh, it was, um, one. It was Channel 4's 100 Greatest Kids TV Shows, which became third, beaten by The Muppet Show and The Simpsons. Neither of which I would call kid shows. No. I would say both are better, but I wouldn't say either are kid shows. Yeah, I, I would agree. Um, that would technically make this the best kid show. I don't know if I'd go that far, um, but it is. I don't know. It's, it's, it's up pretty there. high up there. It, it's definitely up there. It is unique. Um, it's often imitated, never bettered. I don't yeah. think. Um, but yeah, for me, I I don't necessarily remember many specific episodes, but I do remember one. I remember it incredibly fondly. Uh, and so it absolutely filled me with joy when I typed Danger Mouse into YouTube and the very first thing that came up was an episode called Custard, um, which yeah. is the one I remember. I had it taped off the TV, like on an actual tape, not bought. <laughs> I taped it myself off the TV um, and I just watched this thing so fucking much. This, this specific episode as well, which is just so bonkers i think that's what i loved about it was it was so bizarre like the, the plot line essentially revolves around baron greenback filling the world with tins of exploding custard so that they all explode Obviously. and drown the planet um danger mouse and penfold have to go into space to find this custard eating parasite and bring it back but along the way it, you know it, it just turns into this weird kind of just just weird. I don't even want to describe it. Almost fucking 
it's like a fucking Dali painting. It's just there's all this weird shit going on out of nowhere. They they get into like a life size game of Space Invaders at one point where their spaceship is the spaceship from the game and like aliens are flying down. And they're shooting them. There's like mm. all sorts of random stuff that flies past them in space when they go on a loop. It they fly off the edge of the fucking cell of the animation. It's just so so surreal and as a kid it blew my fucking mind besides the fact it was hilarious it absolutely blew my mind and i i will always remember that episode it is whenever somebody says danger mouse to me I, I instantly go to that episode so clearly i'm not the only person that feels like that because as i say it is the very first thing that comes up if you type danger yeah. mouse into youtube it is the it is the one that comes up now i've not yeah. I've not done any research whatsoever, as per. Um, I've actually had very little time to be able to rewatch this week, so I'm quite thankful that we've actually done Danger Mouse because it it is sort of such a popular show and one that I have such fond memories of that I haven't needed to watch a huge amount of it. Um, yeah. But yeah, clearly other people feel the same way. Um, so that, yeah, that's right. I mean, I I hadn't um, remembered that much of the episode. I remember there was one where they were in space, and I remember the Space Invaders, but but not really much beyond that. Um, but yeah, it's, it's those sorts of things. And for me, those are the bits that stand out. It's not the episodes, it's the gags. Oh yeah. Um, the the, and I the mean, gag I, yeah. writing in this show is, is second to none for, for a cartoon. Yeah. This goes way above and beyond. And the humor is when, and, I, and I'll probably say this several times over the course of this episode, the humor is very adult, but not in a dirty, smutty way. It's just very yeah. intelligent and very sophisticated. Um, and you don't get that very often in, in children. I mean, it knows how to be silly as well, but it's yeah. it's being silly in an almost ironic way. Um, it, it, it knows full well how silly it's being, and then it'll throw in an absolute cracker of a joke that would just fly straight over the head of your average five-year-old. Yeah, and I mean that was that was intentional. I mean, um, the the pilot was originally a lot more dark, a lot more serious. Okay, um, but then. Um, uh, Brian Crosgrove, um, Mark Hall, and uh, Mike Harding sat down uh, to talk about the pilot and the sort of success and this and that. And uh, Mike Harding said, "Well, look, it's a cartoon. Yes, okay, you've made him a secret agent like James Bond or Danger Man, but he's a fucking mouse." Yeah. So once you get past that point where he's no, he's doing all the secret agenty type stuff that James Bond does, but you invented a mouse version, so the laws of physics and nature and reality go out the window. You can do whatever the bastard in hell you want. And it was like this light bulb moment. Yeah, and they really all of a sudden like, this, oh, this show, we could... as I say, gets surreal. It really does. Yeah, you know, in the best possible way. But oh, definitely, yeah, yeah. It, it, yeah, there is no. I, I sort of feel when I'm watching an episode of Danger Mouse, like everything's actually very well plotted. It holds together very well. But there is yes. there is no point where anyone has exercised any self control in this writing room. It's just yeah. like push it as far as you can push it get as silly as you possibly can I, and i yeah. love that you know I, I love it for that besides the fact it's aesthetically very pleasing as well the animation isn't amazing but there is a consistent quality at least with cosgrove hall that it, it's it's yeah. good you know um and, and cosgrove hall you know in particular as a as a young child was was a name that i knew i think it was probably the first studio i actually knew i yeah. knew that a cosgrove hall product was quality you know i, I knew that 
Danger Mouse and Count Duckler came from the same place, and I knew that Wind in the Willows also came from that place. Yeah. Um, and so that says something as to the as to the quality of their output, um, and, and to the quality you could expect, which of course it, it pretty much started with. I think Danger Mouse was their first hit. Um, yeah. Certainly, I mean, this show is about what are we? I'm doing a bit of maths, folks. Take take your time. Uh, <laughs> This show's about five months and change younger than me. That's how old this fucking show is. <laughs> like yeah. this, this thing is is pretty. It's not the oldest show we've done, but it's not far off it. But yeah. even watching it now, it doesn't feel like it's aged a day. Uh, much like myself, to be honest. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you keep telling yourself that. No, I, I mean in as much as it's still <laughs> silly and immature when it needs to be, and okay, yeah, I'll, I'll buy that. You know, and it's also still actually quite intelligent and forward thinking when it needs to be as well um yeah definitely it's um and sorry. one of the things that's of um i said that one of the reasons for that, i think one of the reasons it's so enduring is that there's a continuity to it as well i think um brian truman wrote the vast majority if not all the episodes um brian cosgrove directed them all so i mean the, the, the there was a a very definite tone that was said early on and it just kept on going and i think you get the impression it's like all right what's gonna what's gonna make the cast laugh what's going to make the, the you know the people making it laugh if i can get that right then i'll just keep i'll keep on going forever and that's kind of what they did it's a bit i say it's a bit silly there's a few misunderstandings there's you know, there's some uh, some gags around what uh, revolving around what, what creatures people, uh, things are um but generally it you know it's they're just some fairly high level uh, jokes which your target audience won't get but adults watching it with their kids will think fucking hell yeah, and as I say, you know, not not in the same way that that some of the cartoons that were come later, particularly in the early '90s, were were adult in that. Yeah. You know, not not like a Rugrats then, where it would almost try and be deliberately subversive. Um, yeah. It, it just was it, the quality of the writing, and and as I say, the gag writing in particular was of such a high standard that that adults could enjoy it. I think, and and I certainly know watching it as an adult. I get no less enjoyment from watching Danger Mouse now than I did when I was a kid. It's still thoroughly enjoyable, and I think it would stand shoulder to shoulder with any animated show that's actually made for adults these days. Um, uh, yeah, I'd, I'd say probably so. And I mean, it's it's got. I mean, you look at shows like Family Guy and South Park. When they do surreal, it's no, it's just off in fucking space. It's not based in anything. It's just randomly weird for the sake of randomly weird. Whereas you look at um, you look at Danger Mouse and the writing. So um, take Colonel K as an example, the character Colonel K. Um, he he was previously with Special Branch, so they call him Special K okay. again. A joke which kids won't get. Um, he's a champion piano thrower, a decorated judo expert, the first to climb Mount Everest on a pogo stick, and was once an Eskimo. <laughs> like what the fuck? How the fuck do you come up with that? I love it. I just love it. I, it's brilliant because it's so nonsensical and it's so random and so weird. But it applies to something that we can get on board with because you climb Mount, Mount Everest, fantastic, on a pogo. On a yeah. fucking climb Mount on a pogo. But it's, also, it's just it just takes something that's plausible and just pushes it, it on. Does, a little yeah. bit. And, it does, yeah. But it it does also when when you say it back now. Of course, it's ridiculous, but it doesn't feel like it's ridiculous for the sake of being ridiculous. It feels like there is an element of construct there. So somebody's actually sat down and thought. Right, he's climbed Mount Everest, what's he climbed it on? And they've almost brainstormed this to the point where some stuff would have been too silly and some stuff would have been too practical. So they've gone, it yeah. was a pogo stick. 
you know and, and i yeah. think a lot of times some of that is even just down to the syntax of the sentences as they're writing you know he climbed yeah. my everest on a pogo stick it rolls off the tongue um yeah it, and it really should no it shouldn't but it does um and, and that's that's the kind of thing i'm talking about when i say about how clever the writing is and, and and how for the time progressive it was as well you saw this kind of writing in adult comedy shows at the time you know we we just had monty python um, and would yeah. have some films from them as well and there definitely is an element of python-esque humor at play here as well um yeah but kids shows weren't really doing this yet you know, and and no, that's right. certainly not in these shows anyway. I mean, we we talked a couple of episodes ago about Roger Ramjet, and to be honest, that's probably the nearest comparison I can draw. Um, certainly from from memory in in terms of tone and quality of the writing. Um, but even that, yeah, I mean, I think the style is that is drastically, drastically different, different. and I mean, also that... it doesn't have, and I mean, no offense here if you're listening from across the pond, but it doesn't have the grasp on irony that danger mouse no. does because it's american and not british it makes a very good fist of it but it just doesn't quite get there and so because it doesn't have its tongue quite so firmly in its cheek it doesn't quite get away with being as outlandishly silly as danger mouse does no you know um but i mean saying i mean it's totally not outlandishly silly some of the some of the techniques they used in the show as well which were absolutely barmy um like for, no, it it was it's very well known that there was a there was naff or budget with the show, and some of them had some no some episodes had up to two thousand drawings, so they had to reuse cells. They had to set things in the North Pole, um, or in a dark room, so they could just basically animate the bare minimum because that's how they got away with it. So you you don't you didn't see many people getting away with whether well, in the North Pole and he's got his eyes closed and he's got he's got a mask on so you can't see his yeah. nose, so it's just an all white screen and you can hear him, or you know a pair of eyes or in dangerous case one eye bobbling around in what's supposed to be a dark room just because it's a black screen and they haven't got it. You know, it's it's stuff like that. I mean, it's done to such an effect here. It's done for very practical reasons, but it's done in such a, to such a way that when they actually, when you get to later shows, they parody this as if it's the clever, no, the, the cleverest, most iconic thing in the world. And in reality, it's just because they don't have any fucking money. Yeah, I mean, again, just thinking of Custard, um, there's, when they're in space, there's a scene where they, they're in this sort of weird random area of, of space and the, the same sort of images keep flashing past them it is repeated cells yeah uh, but they make it work because they're sort of caught in this loop and then eventually to get out of it as i say they, they fly through the animation frame and off onto a white a blank white screen yeah and again it's it's inventive and it's breaking the fourth wall in a way that again cartoons weren't really doing in the 80s but it's also practical um, yeah, that's right. And and there's an element of genius to that, you know. It, oh, absolutely. Cosgrove and Hall, especially, you know, in this period, this early period, they they're kind of the mad scientists of animation here. Like, they they were doing stuff that, like, everything else was pretty safe at this point when you look at it, and especially with British kids TV. You know, this was in amongst reruns of Bagpuss and the Clangers and Play School. Yeah. And, uh, you know, that was the kind of children's TV that was kicking around here. And then all of a sudden, here comes this cartoon, which is just utterly absurd. There's no other word for it, just utterly crazy and absurd. And it looks fantastic because it's so colourful. Like Every yes. frame of this thing is incredibly colourful. And as I say, the animation is of a quality, even if they didn't have that much money. And, like, it, it just, it, it feels like it was one of those shows 
that in order for it to come about like the right people just had to be in the right place at the right time and there's there's almost this element of weird alchemy to it that's just almost willed this show into existence yeah definitely you know um but well i mean let's let's get into it then i mean we quite often we sort of pull these shows apart and especially we look at some sort of deeper contextual analysis with a lot of them but there isn't a lot of that to danger mouse other than the fact that it, it's parodying as you said, you've already said those kind of james bond films and things like that um it yeah, I, think, re- I think it's based on danger man isn't it yeah um it, it really is more about it just getting as silly as it can as quickly as it can um, and it's gag after gag after gag. You know, there is elements of mild peril in there as well. You do see the the kind of the kind of serial aspect of it then, uh, except every yeah. episode kind of just is a one and done. Uh, at least that I can yeah. think of. I can't think of any ongoing episodes. Um, no, I, I don't think so. I think they're um, yeah. I think they're um, they're obviously they're one and mm. done. I don't think there are any um, any that run over. Yeah. So I mean. Short of some slightly racist accents in places, I don't think there's there's too much to to criticize or to take a deep dive into with Danger Yeah, I was going to come to that. Um, I mean, yeah, look, Stiletto is is flat out racist. Um, yeah, I mean, to a point where I mean, um, we like we talked about this when we did uh, when Danger Mouse was in episode Who Wins about a year or so ago. Um, yeah, Stiletto mafiosa, um, very clearly a mafia hood. Um, now he calls Green Vaporone. Now he's it's it's very it's very negative Italian stereotype. So by the time he got to America, they had to change him to a Cockney because there was Nickelodeon was so afraid of offending Italian, the Italian American community. Um, so, you know, they they um, they made him a Cockney and they took his surname out entirely, so he was just called Stiletto. But because they didn't have anything to replace it with, it was Stiletto, and it was very noticeable wow. in the. Um, in, in, in the edit that they just cut the word out and left it blank and left it silent and it sounded so unnatural I've still um, since we did that episode I have been searching for footage of Stiletto with a Cockney accent I cannot find it no um, I can't either I've been trying yeah I, I mean I would imagine if I'm honest you give me the choice between the, bad as it is the Cod Italian accent and the Cockney accent even if I did originally grow you know if i'm american and i grew up with the cockney accent i would probably take the cod italian accent over cockney so i guess that's oh, yeah, probably why it it doesn't really exist out there um but well, i think we're at a point now i mean you you know there are people who, will, who can be offended by absolutely anything i'm recording this podcast wearing shorts i'm sure somebody's offended by that at some point you know it, it, it's 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 whatever you put online somebody will find a reason to, to be offended by it. so there's probably a point where they've gone well, yeah, okay, he was Italian, fuck it, it looks better when he's Italian because there's, there's another gag there um, with the Italian accent and all the rest of it, whereas no, nobody gives a fuck about Cockneys anyway. Uh, yeah, fair comment. Plus, the show is British, so if we want to make fun of Cockneys, we'll make fun of Cockneys. So. Oh, and to be fair, like, look, there was, and I don't know if there's, this was ever the intention, but making him Italian and giving him the Italian accent is still a lot better than what one of the alternatives could have been bearing in mind that he's a crow um yeah y- you know maybe he wasn't always italian is all i'm saying so maybe we've got the lesser of two evils there i don't, I don't know I'd, i i would like to think that even given the time this was made i'd like to think that there was a bit more sensitivity and a bit more sensibility than that you'd hope so 
you'd certainly hope so but don't know it was still just it was 1981 it wasn't mm. no it, it wasn't um, the height of uh, social enlightenment was it no certainly wasn't but who knows we'll never know because certainly nobody would ever admit to that no so absolutely not yeah um just um completely off put off any point actually um i've got the wiki page open in front of me um and there's a still of Danger Mouse from the uh, from the title sequence looking old and heroic in front of uh, an orange background. And then there's a screen grab of Penfold from the episode called The Odd Ball Runaround, um, where he's chasing a rugby ball around and it obviously doesn't bounce properly and stuff. And he's holding what I think is supposed to be a boomerang. Okay. But because of, because of the size of it and because it's slightly straight and then has a red tip which is shaped a little bit sort of triangularly, it doesn't look like he's holding a boomerang. Oh, I need to see this. Um, but what you say about the size of it like oh Jesus Christ no that doesn't look like a boomerang does it he's very much holding a cock yeah he very much is holding that wow <laughs> um, yeah if you if you want to play along at home go to the uh, go to Wikipedia and look for Danger Mouse 1981 um, and yeah there's, a, there's an image of Penfold um, holding yeah, it, it's a boomerang. You can see it's. I mean, a boomerang, yeah, it's got a it's got a hell. bend in it. So, but if yeah, you but, put your so thumb, like I'm, I'm looking on my phone now, um, and as I'm scrolling the page, my thumb is actually covering the bottom of that image. And wow, yeah, it's <laughs> <laughs> very unfortunate. Mm. I mean, that's a fucking tiny boomerang as well, mind you, if Penfold's holding it. Well, yeah, because Penfold is like half the size of Danger Mouse. Yeah, well, he's, yeah, he's a hamster, isn't he? So that's that's yeah. a tiny. I was going to say, cause I, I always thought he was a mole, but apparently that's a, a common misconception. Yeah, no, I I learned that a couple of years ago as well, because I always assumed he was a mole, um, but no, he is a hamster. I think that's because of the colouring. Um, quite yeah, quite possibly, and and no, the, the big old glasses. Yeah, quite possibly, but I, I don't the, understand. The, like, I, well, I do because it's led to a more uh, iconic character design, but. Originally, Danger Mouse was the same colour as Penfold. Yes. And they decided to change him. But yeah. I think... Because you do have white mice, but you don't have white hamsters. Do you not have white hamsters? I didn't realise that. don't think so. You get kind of orangey hamsters, don't you? Yeah. I don't know. But yeah, um, yeah, I'd read that as well. That They, they did it intentionally because they didn't want to have them the same colour. They, you know, they wanted Danger Mouse to stand out. And I think it's a better choice, to be honest. Oh, yeah. Yeah, definitely. Danger Mouse in white is... Yeah, it does make him stand out. But I mean, this confusion with the characters does exist in a few places as well. Some of these character designs are slightly... Yeah, I mean, there's, there's Colonel say. K as well, who I always thought, and I have found out in subsequent years, I was not the only one I always assumed was a walrus. Um, yeah, I did too. I think everybody yeah, did. Yeah, he's apparently a chinchilla. Um, now, yeah, which I don't get. Speaking as somebody who actually owns chinchillas and a lot of them, um, that looks nothing like a fucking chinchilla. I don't, <laughs> I don't know where that came from. It's most definitely a walrus. Yeah, I, I, I never would have worked it out. I mean, it's only through reading. Um, I think when we did the, um, the Who Wins episode when I was reading it, I, I never, I never would have pegged that he's supposed to be a chinchilla. No. And I don't think most of the general population would. I don't think they're a commonly fair, thought most, of animal. I would, I would imagine most of the population don't know a fucking chinchilla. That's what like. I mean, yeah. Yeah, I only know what they look like because you've got so many of them. Yeah, that's it. I mean, if you don't know what they look like, listeners, um, essentially they are tiny little mogwais, um, more or less. 
big fluffy things kind of a cross between a mogwai and a rat i would say yeah kind of like gizmo fuck rolling uh, yeah kind of yeah that's that's a scary image. It's also a good description of a chinchilla. Well done. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but also Google, kids. Yeah. Google is your friend. <laughs> um, but yeah, you, I mean, you've got it as well with um, Baron Greenback um, was a toad who apparently people thought um, people thought he was a frog. I don't see a massive uh, difference toad, there. Because frog, I wouldn't be offended. Yeah, it's potato. kind of the same thing. Yeah. Um, the biggest difference... Hang on, um, is that, like, is that amphibianist or something? Have we, have we offended... Some sort of left wing touchy feely amphibian. Let us know, kids, because you know, so I'm not, I've, I've got to offend somebody every episode, is kind of what I do. What is the difference um, between a toad and a frog? Sorry if I'm spelling. stupid. Is it the colour? Spelling. I have no idea. I have absolutely no idea. Um, is one poisonous and the other one isn't? Well, there are poisonous yeah. frogs and there are poisonous toads. And there but isn't there one, isn't there one that you can get like really high if you lick it? Yeah, I think that's a toad. I think it's a toad as well. And then there's, and then it's frogs. Mainly based on the Family Guy Yeah, episode. it's frogs that you can blow up with straws, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. I think these are the technical differences, kids. Yeah, so... It's all scientific. It, it it's may fine. also be possible to blow up a toad with a straw. Um, I've never... It's definitely possible to blow them both up with dynamite. I know oh, that. yeah, definitely. That's a different kind of blowing them up, though, isn't it? <laughs> I'm talking about literally um, inflating a frog to the point where it pops. You can do that with a straw. Yeah, I, yeah. I've never tried it. I've I've, I've heard that. But I've never, I, I've tried, never it. tried it either. This is maybe one of these weird urban legends. I don't know. I'm pretty sure if I put maybe. it into YouTube, I'd find a video of people blowing up toads with straws. But I don't really yeah. want to see that shit. When, if I'm honest. No, and we're not endorsing it. So if anybody does go and look for it, and then oh, yeah, traumatized, not our don't fault. Actually, no, don't, I don't yeah. want to see that shit. I just know that it's. Well, I've heard that it's possible. <laughs> Yeah, um, so we'll move on from that before people start blaming us for blowing up frogs. Um, yeah, that's, I, I, I don't know what I don't know what the difference between a frog and a toad I, I, I'm is. Trying um, to find so out I... right now. Just ho- hold the phone, guys. This is this is live research happening right now. <laughs> uh, I'll uh, I'll vamp. Um, yeah, so Baron uh, Baron Greenback was uh, in original pilot. He was known as Baron Green Teeth. Doesn't sound as good to me. I've got to be honest. Um, in America, um, they decided that Greenback was the best option because obviously it's slang for, for money as well. So um, it adds to a sense of his, quote, commercial greed. Mm. Um, obviously, you know, they, they did that intentionally. Oh, yeah, that's by no, um, no means yeah, that, that's, shit, that's, that's obviously why they did Baron it. Baron Green Teeth, by the um, way, sounds like some sort of weird jazz singer from, like, yeah. the 40s. Um, right, the difference between a toad and a frog. I was sort of right. It is the, the, the colour as well as the skin. Um, so toads tend to be browner frogs tend to be greener but more importantly frogs have moist slimy skin and toads have dry bumpy skin frog eggs are found in a mass while toad eggs are found more in a chain Ah, there you go google is your friend five percent i don't remember any of that tomorrow uh no i i know if you showed me a photo of a toad and a frog side by side i could probably say to you that's a toad and that's a frog but if you showed me a photo of one or the other with out of context of the other one i'd probably just go yes yeah, frog yeah to, to to be fair if you showed me a picture of them side by side I, i'd also say that i say one's a frog and one's a toad i just wouldn't commit to which one is which oh there's something about the toads as well it looks like toads don't have webbed feet ah, okay. whereas frogs do are from Norfolk. Yeah, yeah. Uh, or apparently, fro- oh, there are a lot of differences. A frog's hind legs are very long. B- 
because they hop, whereas a toad's hind legs are smaller because they crawl. Ah, I did not. Frogs are thinner. So essentially, like toads are ugly frogs. Yeah, essentially, but the frogs have webbed feet, so. Make of yeah, that what you yeah, will. I I'll, I'll tell you this: yeah. frogs definitely look a lot more friendly. Yeah. So. Uh, especially the bright green ones, which are like uber poisonous. Yeah, but they're smiley with it. But they look cool. Yeah. Um. So yeah, talking about um, Baron Greenback. Sorry, um, total tangent there. No, it's, I'm sure people, people expect it. Say, by I'm now. sure listeners expect no less. Really, at least I'm not talking yeah. about them reproducing. So. Yeah, that's true. We haven't got that far yet. Let's let's move away. Boring, isn't it? Um, they just swap sexes and stuff. I don't think there's any actual fucking going on. And then he talked about it anyway. Well, you, you um, questioned me. I was I was going to leave it there. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Fair point. Um, yeah. I mean, sort of going back to Baron Greenback and going back to sort of the the silly story, uh, the silly story uh, basis as well. Um, allegedly turned to the life of crime as a schoolboy when older children stole his bike and let the air out of his tyres. Again, completely nonsensical. But it's the sort of thing that you can see happening to a child, that some bullies nick your bike and let the air out of your tyres. doesn't necessarily turn into a life of crime. It normally just makes you cry a bit. Yeah. But that was the thing that tipped him over the edge and he decided to be a career criminal. And again, it's just absolutely marvellously nonsense. Yeah, it, it is total nonsense. And it... But it's, it does also... Like you can see how you follow that character chain through from I was bullied and people stole my bicycle, so now I'm going to make the world yeah. pay. Yeah, um, definitely. By the way, uh, from an article from the 13th of July 2016 entitled Everything You Ever Wanted to Know About Frog Sex But We're Afraid to Ask, they do have sex. Um, a male would climb on a female's back and grasp her with his front legs in a position called the amplexus. Which sounds like a wrestling move now, more than a sexual position. I'm fairly sure they, they kind of jizz on the eggs as they're coming out. Uh, yes, pretty much. The female will then travel carrying her mate with her to a pond or other body of water if they aren't already near one to lay her eggs, which the male fertilises as they're being laid. So, essentially, he just he wanks over the eggs, essentially. The more worrying thing there is, I remember that from school. It's a long fucking time since I finished school. Well, apparently there's been, uh, again from 2016, there was a sexy frog study. Uh, What? And they found a seventh frog sex position. There you go. Uh, I'm not going to go any further into the world of frog sex because, quite frankly, I'll be here all night. Um, But there's far more to it than um, I thought. We'll post a link. Yeah, if you're interested, hit us up. We'll post a link because that sounds fascinating and terrifying. All in one go. Uh, by the way, guys, in case you hadn't worked this out already, I paid zero fucking attention in biology class in school. Like, I probably <laughs> should know this stuff. But well, to be fair, it's not exactly useful unless you're a frog. Yeah, like, why do I really need to know? I, well, I was going to say, why do I need to know about the sex habits of frogs? But evidently, I do because I've just spent a couple of minutes googling it live on it. Um, <laughs> As you get older, you realise there are things you could have learned in school if you just paid attention. And, yeah. you know, sooner or later, no, it's going to fuck you in a pub quiz. Well, this is true. and I've got to be honest, I was talking to somebody in work a couple of weeks ago and they were talking about, he's, he's a younger gentleman, and um, 
they were talking there was a, an article came out on our newsletter about some sort of proper use of work pcs and stuff like that and he made a joke about uh, about nobody hoping nobody reads his browser history or his search history and i'm thinking i'd rather they read his than ours because fuck knows what they come up with that with if they read yeah. ours. also probably not something you should joke about in work yeah <laughs> uh. To be fair, I think you've got to go quite a long way to get sacked. Right? I like the way you described him as a younger gentleman as well. That that suggests that uh, maybe he has an older lady friend somewhere. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Quite possibly. You, you very um, much set that either that or I'm either that or I'm fucking old. Uh, yeah, you're probably fucking old. What what you need to do is move to a company where everyone is older than you. That makes you feel massively. I younger. did. <laughs> yeah, I did, and then younger people started they started hiring younger oh, people. Oh, fucking blows. Like yeah, so they saw right yeah. through my scheme. Oh well, there's always but just there the men. Um, well, yeah, <laughs> um, yeah. So I mean, the last thing I've got on Baron um, Baron Greenback, um, and again, it lends itself to the uh, fantastic casual racism. Um, when the show was rebooted oh, in 2015, he's supposed to be German, isn't he? Yeah, he was renamed uh, Baron Silas von Greenback and given a dodgy German accent. No. For no fucking reason. I always thought whatsoever. he was Silas Von Greenback. No, he was Silas Greenback. Ah, so the, that's interesting, right? Because I've never watched the reboots, but somehow that's managed to retcon its way into my memory of this yeah. show. That's interesting. Yeah. It's bizarre. There's some, there's loads of things. I mean, not just in, in TV, but um, general misconceptions where that's happened. Um, and yeah, it's just bizarre because there's no reason for it. No, none at all. Why? Why do you need to make him German all of a sudden then? Well, yeah. I, again, I don't know whether you know, people are back to thinking the Germans are evil. So you know, your, your evil character has to be some 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 form of Bavarian. But yeah, it's just pointless. a toad German. It's surely toads are like a a universal thing. Like all countries have uh, toads, go, go back don't to they? Google. Well, they're introduced to Australia. I know that. I know they're not natives to Australia. Um, but yeah, I think there are you know, forms of toads all over the world. Maybe it is casual racism, yeah, as you say. Maybe it's like. Maybe. Maybe they thought, well, we can't get away with uh, stiletto mafiosa anymore, so let's uh, let's fuck some, some other nation up yeah. for a bit. Or is it. No, I can't even say it's because he's supposed to be like Blofeld. That doesn't work either, does it? No. It just doesn't work on any level. Why make him Juba? No, I mean, the. It's bizarre. And there, there is actually quite a, a natural Blofeld um, comparison as well, because um, with uh, oh fuck, what's his name? Nero. Oh yeah, Nero the Caterpillar thing. Yeah, uh, and again, you know, this is the fact it's it's, it's fluffy and all white, and you know, it's it's again, it's just a nice throwback to that sort of uh, to to that sort of technique of you know, the the Bond stuff. But yeah, there's no fucking reason to make him German whatsoever. No. Weird. But then there's no reason to make Stiletto uh, Italian either. Other. Other than well, no, that's true. But I think the fact that, the fact they did it and then had to undo it should have taught them a lesson. Yeah, I mean, was the reboot done by Cosgrove Hall or was that different? It was done. It was different, but Brian, Brian Cosgrove was. Oh consulted. right, okay, yeah. So should have known better then. Yeah. So um, yeah. So very much should have known better because he would have had the pain the first time around of having to uh, to make Stiletto Mafioso Stiletto yeah. and make him Cockney. So yeah. Yeah, so I mean, you you think you'd have uh, not done this, not done the same again? But hmm. there you go. Apparently um, not, because um, the reboot that was where it changed channels, wasn't it? Well, 
Actually, oh, no. Okay. Um, it was on CBBC. It was on CBBC um, when it rebooted in 2015. It, it all in all in the UK. It aired on ITV and CITV from 1981 to right. 92. Um, on STV, which is the Scottish version of ITV, um, the Children's Channel 9798, Cartoon Network 2000-2001, Boomerang 2000-2006, BBC Two 2007-2009, UK Gold 92 to 94, The Family Channel, or whatever the fuck that was, uh, 95 to 96, and BBC Alba. Um, uh, had the, the 2015 version. So pretty much every broadcasting company in the UK has had this thing at some point. I I only ever remember it being on ITV. Me too. Um, that's what I've said before, I was an ITV brat, so it had to have been on ITV for me to have seen it. Yeah. Um, it didn't appear on BBC Two in 2007, so uh, yeah, it was, it was definitely an ITV show. Um, but yeah, I mean, it ran for 11 years as well. It was always fucking on. There are 161 I episodes. I didn't realise it ran for that long. Um, maybe that's because I was constantly watching Custard so it maybe it felt like there were less episodes than there actually are to me I mean I would always watch it maybe. when it was on I would always know what day it was on and make a point of watching it I fucking loved Danger Mouse um, yeah. but I always I just always felt like it was shorter I, I don't know why no I'm not sure I mean yeah there, there, there are 161 episodes and yeah it was, it was on pretty much constantly for 11 years Jesus, um, and not just here, around the world as well. Yeah, because I, I always just kind of felt that obviously um, Duckler span off out of Danger Mouse. Yes, it did. Yeah. And in my mind, I I just always kind of, and, and this just goes to show how your memory can play tricks on you. I, I kind of assumed that Duckler, even though it span off, came about after Danger Mouse had finished. Yeah, no, I I always assumed that as well that Duckler had um, replaced it effectively. Yeah. That they kind of go, we're done with Danger Mouse now. We need a new show. But that was not the case. That was not the case, and I think actually that I think um, Danger Mouse outran Duckler. I might be wrong. I don't know. I, Duckler definitely, I don't think, ran for that long, did it? Duckler ran from eighty-eight to ninety-three. Well, that's a fair run as well, then. To be fair, it is a, it is a fair run, and again, that had um, sixty-five episodes. Jeez. So it, no, it did pretty well. But yeah, it's not a Duckler show. We'll do a Duckler show another time. Uh, yeah, we've we've um, got a, a fair bit of Cosgrove Hall coming up. Actually, we've um, yeah. again just a peek behind the curtain. We've we've kind of reached the end of our first list of shows. Yeah, we, we, we've we've just got to uh, the first Avengers movie. We're done with phase one. Yes, we are. We are moving on to phase two or season two, if you like. I guess of of what this podcast will be. Um, and whereas we've had a pretty hefty focus on Disney afternoon. Uh, during yeah. this phase there's still one or two of those to look at but they'll, they'll be few and far between um, I started putting a list together uh, just a couple of nights ago for, for the show moving forward and there is a lot of Cosgrove Hall to come Yeah. so we, we will get that, to yeah this. I don't think that's a bad thing I've got no no definitely not we will get to Duckler we will get to Wind in the Willows you know we, we will get there um, yeah yeah um, so yeah just, just looping it back around then those those character designs are I, this is essentially what we started talking about 20 minutes ago before I fell down the rabbit hole of toad sex um, those character designs are quite confusing and they're probably the weakest thing in the show that's not to say they're bad because they obviously work for they work for the purpose of the character you know Colonel K's character comes through in his design he is a bit forgetful and oafish and and, and yeah, well, I mean, I think they played up on that as well. Towards the last couple of seasons, they really played up on him, sort of forgetting things, and almost as if they had him developing some sort of Alzheimer's. Yes. Yeah, definitely. Um, which 
I don't think they ever mentioned it or alluded to it. It was just kind of there. It just got progressively worse. Mm. And yeah, it's, it seems like it seems like a fairly odd choice, really. Yeah, it does. But you know, the the look of the character did kind of fit that. He was kind of a jolly old fat man with a touch of the stiff upper lip to him, wasn't he? He was very much um, General Melchett from Blackadder Goes Forth. Yes, yes, he was. Which ironically, Stephen Fry then played him in the in the reboot. Did he? Uh, as I say, not seen yeah. him in the reboot. Um, that's yeah, I haven't either. I only I read that this evening. Um, that's not bad casting, but... actually. No, it's pretty good. Um, the The whole reboot cast was pretty Who good. Who was actually. Danger Mouse um, in the reboot? Alexander Armstrong, hmm. which is not bad. And then Kevin Eldon was uh, Penfold. Uh, you, uh, the, the problem so, yeah, is Danger Mouse is one of those roles that it's David Jason's. It is, but you give him. I mean, if you're if you're going to voice it with anybody other than David Jason, you give them a standard RP stiff upper lip. Um, Roger Moore style James Bond, and you, you it'll be fine. Yeah, I guess. I guess you can get it. Yeah, it's it's not the same, but it, it lends itself well enough to the character that it'll work. Yeah, and I guess a big part of that as well is just that. I think David Jason for us, especially as a generation, is just one of those actors that was ever present. So I mean, he's not oh, just yeah. Danger Mouse. He's also Duckler. He's also Toad. He's also Del Boy. He's also Parlock. Yeah, exactly. You know, he was everywhere when we were growing up. Well, that's it, and even when we got slightly older, you had things like a touch of frost, where he was uh, he was Jack Frost. He he hasn't gone no. away, and it's only the last couple of years as he's slowed right down um, because you know, he's about ninety five thousand years old. Um, it's, no, it's only the last what, probably ten fifteen years he started to slow down. So f- since the what mid seventies, this guy has always been on TV in some form yeah. or another. Especially now, when no, yeah, I mean, when when he first came about, there would have been three channels, and now we have fucking hundreds of them. Yeah. So the fact he's still always on, it's quite a quite an achievement. I bet you, I I don't have Sky, but I bet you, if you have Sky and you turn the TV on right now and just flick through the channels, I bet you you'll find something starring David Jason. Go to UK Gold, and it's probably that's the David Fro- Jason channel. <laughs> yeah, so it'll be, it'll be Fools and Horses or the uh, the reboot of Open All Hours, which is fucking horrendous. Uh, again, not seen any of the reboot. Like, I wasn't I wasn't a fan of the original, so uh... I didn't mind the original at all, but yeah, not reboots in general, I know we've we've discussed this on, on other shows as well. Reboots in general are a thing that I can pretty much take or leave and most of the time I leave them. I don't yeah. get I don't get aggressive about them, you know, uh, I don't start talking about how it's ruining my childhood and stuff like that. I just leave them. I don't need them. Simple as that. Yeah, I think that's fair. I mean yeah, we won't go into this one. We've, we've ranted about this many times. We won't, I won't get into it too much. Um, talking about the character design, um, as, as we were, um, the biggest problem they had in translating this show was the DM on his chest. What, his because, logo? Yeah, because Danger Most doesn't translate to a D and an M in most oh, other languages. because it would be called... But then hang on, though. Isn't Danger Mouse like Coca-Cola? It should be, but it's not. It's, it's it's a name, isn't it? Well, it's, it's his code name um, because his no, it's it's his second code name because his actual code name is so secret it has its own code name. Yeah, uh, again, that was one second. of the stupid. Yeah. So that was one of the stupid jokes. But so you you could you could have got away with it, but obviously it wouldn't have translated and people wouldn't have so, known what the show was about. So um, in uh, the Scots Gaelic version, um, it was called Donny Murdo. Um, I'm not going to do a Scottish accent because I can't. Um, which I you know it's um, absolute bugger all to do with mice or danger. 
Um, in Poland, he was, hang on, Zelnia Mies. Um, well, that's not DM at all. Yeah, it's just DZ and then MYSZ. Oh, okay. So we'll translate it literally as Brave Mouse. Uh, Dundermusen, or Thundermouse in Swedish. Oh, that's an excellent title. That's awesome. I love that. Um, Dada Modus in French. Yeah. Uh, the Slovenian translation omitted the DM initials entirely, however, dubbing Danger Mouse Hrabri Misek or Brave Mouse. So I mean, yeah, it, it was problem that that was problem more problematic than a lot of the uh, a lot of the rest of it, a lot of the casual racism and, not, and everything because it it needed a lot of work to to fit it in. I I'm hung up on Thunder Mouse. What an amazing title that is! I know that it sounds awesome in Swedish as well. Dundermusen. Yeah, I mean, is that what Pikachu is called in Sweden as well? Because if not, it fucking should be. He should be Thundermouse. Could well be. Yeah. Um, um, but I, I find that quite odd. Like I said, Danger Mouse is the title of the show. It's also a code name. So to me, it's a brand like Coca-Cola or James Bond. Surely James Bond is James Bond, wherever you yeah, go. Yeah, but I mean, if you don't speak English and your language isn't particularly based on the same uh, same. Uh, languages as, as English is based on mouse doesn't sound like mouse so you're not going to get the fact that he's a mouse um, and it, I, I, I don't know I think it's it's a very literal case of being lost in translation mm. um, but you know, it's, it seems to have it seems to have worked I me mean, if you look at how far and wide the show is syndicated and how long for um, I don't think anybody was actually that concerned about it I think they spent a lot of time and a lot of effort doing it but it kind of paid off I mean there's a list on uh, wiki which is a pro- probably got 50 or 60 channels excuse me it's been broadcast on um there's information about it being it was the first um british show on nickelodeon it was one of the first um syndicated british cartoons in american tv um in australia it was the first it was um the first show broadcast on our first kids show broadcast on, a- uh, on abc um and then moved to network 10 in 96 you know it's people People remember the the show now because it was it, it spread so far and wide. It was everywhere and it was massive. It is probably more than anything else we've talked about. Certainly, anything that springs to mind. It is just a huge slice of my childhood, and I think <clears> that's the case for certainly anyone of our age listening in Britain. Um, and it sounds like you know that did translate to the rest of the world as well. It is a cartoon that. I will always remember, you know, I, I will always remember it being there. It will take me back to that time in my life. Um, yeah, definitely. It, no. Go on. No, go on. I was going to say that that isn't something that I can say about many of the other shows we've looked at. I can, I can generally, I have some memory of them and they will invoke a certain amount of nostalgia. Um, but I don't know. There's just something about Danger Mouse. It, it, it almost feels like a. It sounds kind of corny, but it almost feels like a part of me. You know, it was just always there. It was, as I say, yeah. I, it felt like it was shorter, but I always had that tape to watch, and I felt such joy when I was watching it. And even now, you know, it's it's just a quality show. It, it is, and I think that that's probably one of the reasons I've avoided the reboot. Same as when they um, redid Thundercats, I've kind of avoided that for the same reason because I don't want. I don't want my third self watching it and tarnishing my memories of what I grew up with it, it, and you know, the, the new stuff could be absolutely brilliant but I'd rather take I'd rather take the chance on missing out than take the chance that actually pisses on 
why I wanted to watch it in the first place. Yeah, uh, I, I think that's fair enough. And and you know my my view on reboots. You know they are they are what they are. I could quite easily watch an episode or two of it if it was on and I had nothing else to do. I probably would, but it wouldn't be Danger Mouse to me. It would be its own thing, and therefore I can take or leave it. Yeah. Now, the only um, thing I'm curious about in the new one um, is um, there's a new character introduced called Jeopardy Mouse, voiced by Lena Headey. Um, so I'd be quite curious to see um, how that pans out. But okay. Jeopardy Mouse. Yeah. Well, you know. That's that's awful. It, it is. That's, but I'd be quite interested. That's awful. I, like you, is that the best you can do, seriously? Probably, to be honest. Um, but yeah, I'd be quite interested to see how that pans out because I'm a big fan of hers. But... Um, yeah, I, I I can't see me um I can't see me dipping in just for that. I've got to be honest. Jeopardy mouse, what a fucking mouthful! Like, there must be better. I mean, I get that it's a play on danger. I get that there's a play Pe- on uh, peril mouse. mouse but, well, yeah, peril mouse, uh, risky mouse. I'd go with risky mouse personally. Yeah, but yeah, yeah. that's what they that's what they went with. Jeopardy mouse. Fuck is it. that a translation thing? Is Jeopardy easier to translate? I don't know. I don't know. I have no idea. I would have... Do you know what they should have done? Is They should have gone completely the opposite way and we should have had Safety Mouse. <laughs> is what we should have had. Yeah, people don't think it's like you know, a workplace training video. Well, yeah, but that that's how you do it. You have them coming in and telling Colonel K how he needs to run the operation because it's not up to current health and safety standards. Okay, it is a legislative nightmare, and this is how the agency is going to operate from now on. And you make them a villain. <laughs> Fuck, that sounds like my day job. Yeah, mine too. But that, <laughs> <that's>, <laughs> that would work. Yeah, I think it would. Well, Safety you, mouse. There you go. We, we've got nothing else to write this summer. Let's write that. Safety mouse. Yeah. Or if not, you know, Cosgrove Hall or whoever's... It's not Cosgrove Hall now, that's for sure. Whoever's doing it, if you want that one, you can have it. Just copyright SMPD Safety Mouse. Yeah, go for it. Um, yeah, I mean, I, I've got very little else to say about Danger I could talk about Danger Mouse all, all night, but I've got nothing new to say about it. The only thing, the only abiding memory I do have, actually, which I want to share, um, I... This is a really sad story. Um, sad as in sad, I remember it. Not sad as in will make people cry. Um... Do you remember when we were kids? There was a, a fashion for um, kids' gloves, whereby they had they were sort of, sort of woolen, but they had like a plasticized palm and then a, a character plant, a print on the on the top of the hat. Yeah. I yeah. had a, a pair of Danger Mouse ones, and I hadn't had them. I think I had a couple of days, and they lived in my coat pocket. They never came out of my coat pocket to a point where I never fucking wore them because they were in my coat pocket. I didn't want to lose them. And I took them to school one day, and somebody else had a pair, and then mysteriously mine disappeared out of my coat pocket. And I, a, I've never forgotten it because I'm fucking annoyed. But I, after that, after that day, I never spoke to that kid again either. It's like me with my sword of omens. It's it's Awful. always stuck with me um, because I I love those gloves and I never wanted to lose them, which is why I never wore the fucking things. And yeah, I have very I, even at the age of four, I had a very strong suspicion that this particular twat had stolen them, and I never spoke to him again. What a bell end! Absolute dickhead. Um, I think he's in prison I, now, I, so you know. Well, clearly, because he's a fucking yeah, thieving bastard. Yeah, he stole my gloves. The candy deserves it. Yeah, um, I don't think I ever had Danger Mouse gloves, but I definitely had a fair bit of merchandise. One of the, I, I know I had. Do you remember Viewmasters? Yes. 
I know I had some Danger Mouse Viewmasters. I, I think I, I only remember. had He-Man ones. I don't think I had um, Danger Mouse ones. I definitely had He-Man ones too, but I know I had some Danger Mouse ones. Um, the, I had tapes, but I taped them off the TV myself. I mm. now have um, a lot of Danger Mouse on DVD. But one of the main things I can remember is the fucking Spectrum game. Yeah. It was something to do with a whoopee cushion, from what I remember. Yeah, um, I remember now. Um... And it was fucking hard. Um what was it called? It was called Danger Mouse Making Whoopi. Released, That's in, it. released in 1985. That's the one. I had that, and it was fucking hard. I could get nowhere on it, because uh, yeah. I was like six or seven, but I still kept playing it. Yeah, it there, were, there were a couple. Um, the first one was uh, Danger Mouse in Devil Trouble, um, which I didn't have, but I think my cousin had. And then there was Danger Mouse in, in the Black Forest Chateau. Clever. Um, they were both in 19, I love it. They were both in 1984, and then there was um, Making Whoopi in 1985. Um, yeah, Making Whoopi's the one I remember definitely. Yeah, um, um, and then, I had it on a on a budget. Spectrum Games used to have like you had full price big box games, yeah. and then you had the budget range, and like the budget range would cost between about some were 199, some were like 299. They'd go up to about a fiver. Um, but generally, the, the kind of mid range was this two ninety nine level where you'd get a lot of your licensed stuff. Yeah. Um, and I, I just, yeah, I remember picking this up in the budget range one Saturday afternoon uh, in W H Smith's in Ponty in Pontypridd, and uh, I took it home and just played it for fucking ever. Yeah. Never got anywhere, but I still remember buying that fucking game. Well, I say I bought it. Let's be honest. My dad bought it because I was a tiny person. Yeah. But I, I remember getting it. Yeah. And it, there was two games that had this effect on me. That was one of them, and the other one was Ghostbusters 2, the game, oh. which I actually had as a big box, and I could never even get to the bottom of the fucking well, but I still continued to play it. Yeah, we had that one. I didn't. I, th- I preferred the original Ghostbusters, uh, Ghostbusters game. Um, had... Yeah, where you where you drove the little yeah, you... symbol around the city. Yeah, yeah, you had that, yeah, and then you had, to, you had to catch Slimer in the trap and stuff like that. Um, yeah, yeah. yeah, I loved that. Um, yeah, the, the the game I remember the most um, was a game called Colin the Cleaner, which is very Lemmings-ish. Um, and my uncle recorded it off the radio at like four o'clock in the morning because that's how I used to get expected. Because you games. used to be able to do this stuff. Yeah, because yeah. there was nothing broadcasting, so they thought, oh, there's nobody on air, so yeah, oh, fuck it, we'll just put some uh, some random code on. Um, when you listen to it, it was like listening to an old modem. But when you put it into a, a tape-based uh, computer, fucking hell. It must seem nuts to like the gamers now who didn't grow up in that era. But like, I used to buy magazines and type code in yeah. to my Spectrum. Like you type it in line by line, and the games were shit. You type these games in, and they'd be utter shit. Not only that, I mean, I, I borrowed uh, from a friend of mine at school um, the the game of Total Recall. Um, oh, I remember that. Yeah. No, it took twenty seven minutes to load. <laughs> And then you died in you seconds. You died within five seconds, and it took another 27 minutes to load the first fucking level again. Yeah. Needless to say, I only died twice. Yeah. After so that, I thought, fuck that. I'm going to go back to play uh, Sensible Soccer or wherever I was playing at the time. Yeah. Fucking hell. Loading games. And then it got to the point where they they worked out that when games were loading, you could actually record audio on it as well. So towards the end, you used to actually get bit of music coming through as well but it was always accompanied by this horrific modem noise yes um but goddamn, i loved my spectrum yeah I, uh, I, anyway I... this is way off topic now <laughs> but this this has just become a retro computer game show rather than a yeah a retro 
uh, retro cartoon show, but yeah, the Danger Mouse game was was special. I, I've probably still got it kicking around somewhere. Yeah, I, I mean, know I... I gave all of my Spectrum games to my auntie because she still has a Spectrum that she plays. Um, I said it's probably on an emulator somewhere. Oh God, I've I've got a Raspberry Pi in the back room. Um, it's it's bound to be on there. Yeah, um, the Spectrum emulator on it is difficult to get working. Um, but yeah, I, I'm sure I have it, uh, or, or rather, uh, I'm sure I have it because I already purchased it legally, and this is just a backup copy. Absolutely, yeah. Just in case anyone's listening, uh, yeah. but that is the truth, legit. <laughs> so, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah so I mean, it's it, it's quite funny, and you look at some of these shows, especially the older ones, um, and it's. An, I mean, I haven't thought. I mean, until we did um, the. The episode of Who Wins last year with uh, Darkwing Duck and uh, Danger Mouse. I hadn't thought about Danger Mouse for fucking years, and it's amazing how quickly it comes flooding back and how how quickly the so the fondness comes back as well. And we've been bitten yeah. with that a few times. I mean, we that's what, like things like the Raccoons and the Super Mario Bros. Super Show, which yeah, they've. I mean, I'm not going to go into that again because they'll just depress me again. Um, if you don't, if you if you're not familiar with those episodes, go back and have a listen. Um, but yeah, th- this was one of those where, as I didn't need to watch back what I did, I only watched a handful of episodes anyway. But I didn't need to because everything I remembered was were basically the sort of the key points anyway. Yeah, I, I think it's weird, isn't it? Because Danger Mouse kind of has been there for me. As I mentioned, I've got episodes on on DVD, so it's been kicking around, and I've. I've watched it on occasion. It's not something I've watched regularly, but I will pop the DVD in now and again. And I, I've not got a full box set or anything. It's part of a compilation. Um, but I'll pop the DVD in and watch it. But it, it's not a cartoon that you think about in your daily life. No. At least not consciously. Um, I mean, I, I can say without shadow of a doubt, I have quoted Danger Mouse today. I can guarantee you I quoted it yesterday. I probably did it the day before. Because <laughs> I tell you now, in this house, at least once a day, I will utter crumbs DM. Um, I did, generally because I've just been given a bollock in for getting crumbs on the kitchen counter when I've made a sandwich uh, and my in- incredibly patronising response to that is to adopt a penfold voice and add a crumbs DM at my wife um, because I'm an arsehole I guess I don't know <laughs> you said it yeah, but I will have uttered that today I guarantee you uh, it's it's just kind of like I said it, it kind of almost feels like it's part of you this show in, in that you don't know that it's it's as deeply ingrained as it is but when the time comes for it to be recalled it's almost instant yeah that's right and I mean you, you get it as well where um, that it, it, the, the characters pop up elsewhere um, they pop up in the BFG um, they're on a poster in the boys bedroom Um the, um, Danger Mouse appears in an episode of Victor and Hugo. Um, it appears in South, in South Park in the Imagination Land video. I mean, these characters are just everywhere. And given that I mean, t- when they did Imagination Land, it was 2008, this show had been off the air for 20 years. Uh, yeah, 20 years at that point. Yeah. Yeah, I, and I think part of that, especially with Danger Mouse, even more so than the other characters, but Danger Mouse himself, we talked about the characters I'm being confusing, uh, but ultimately serving... The, the purpose of of purveying the character uh, that that they need to, um, 
but Danger Mouse with his eye patch and and his colours, you know, being white with the red and, and yellow logo and stuff, he has got an iconic look. Yeah. And so, you know, that's probably why he crops up. You you cannot mistake Danger Mouse for any other character. Danger Mouse is better. And, and you know, let's be reminded, mice are um, sort of animals that that make their way into a lot of cartoons. Obviously, there's, there's Mickey. Uh, but then we have, like, Mighty Mouse as well, you know. And Biker Mice from Mars. Biker Mice from Mars. Yeah, oh, that's not on the list I put together the other day. That needs to go down there. Um, but, yeah, mice are in animation quite a lot um but but danger mouse stands kind of head and shoulders above them you know they, they don't none of the others have this fucking boss eye patch and, no absolutely and the turtleneck let's not forget <laughs> he's actually wearing a turtleneck it happens to be the same color as the rest yeah. of him so you don't realize but he's actually in a turtleneck with his logo embroidered on it yeah you know um and that again just calls back to that kind of roger moore era yeah. bond yeah, that's it. They said obviously with Roger Moore it was all black, but yeah, it's 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 that very it's that very similar sort of. I say it's based based on um, Danger Man, which oh, I can't remember the guy's name, um, but um, yeah, I'll have to find it again. Um, but yeah, it's 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 based on that sort of. There was a uh, there was a trope, and you had um, you had Danger Man, you had James Bond, and they they, they took the piss out with, with the Miltray adverts in the sort of the late eighties, didn't they? Oh um, fuck, man! Yeah, the, uh, the Mil- thought of that. Yeah. And it's that's it, it's again it's that sort of character. It's it's the old, it's a very suave, ready for action sort of character. Um, I haven't and, thought about the Miltray man in about fifteen years, probably. Yeah, I I, I just I, I don't know where it came from in my head. It was there. I haven't thought about it for a long time. Um, what, what? How do they advertise Milk Tray now? They don't really. No. I've not seen Milk Tray advertised for years. I don't. No, watch I haven't. Either. I don't. I don't watch that much live TV to be honest. So I don't see that many adverts. Patrick McGowan uh, is the person I was thinking of for *Lead in Danger Man*. Um, I wanted to call him Patrick McGeekin, but I knew that was that was wrong. Um, but yeah, so I mean, it's it's that sort of very iconic look. It just happens to be in all white. So if you if you don't give it a second glance, it just looks like he's naked, but with a with a belt on. Yeah. And a badge with his initials, in case he yeah. forgets. Which would fucking hurt, because he would literally be pinning the badge to his nipples. Yeah, but yeah, hey hmm. People do some weird shit. Yeah, I, I'm hung up on the milk train man now. Sorry, I want to know <laughs> what happened to the milk train man. He probably got old, old and fat from uh, eating all those chocolates. Probably. Or is that and- just me? Uh, yeah, probably. Milk tray were shitty chocolates as well. Let's be honest about it. I liked oh, them as a kid. They but, were all right. They, they they were they were cheap, but they were they were better. They were seen as being better than roses and quality street. Cause they, yeah, they, they were. were uh, they were they were the box of chocolates like you got your nan at Christmas time. Yeah, you felt like it cost you a fiver. So yeah, as, as opposed to two ninety nine. Yeah, and I mean you couldn't afford to go to Thornton's or anything like that. Cause oh, fuck, fuck that no. shit. Like you're not made of money. So no. yeah, you'd go milk tray. Um, but actually now, like if you put all the chocolates out, and and as a kid, yeah, I was. Like I liked milk tray as well, although I only liked the strawberry ones. But I did really like strawberry milk trays. Uh, I, I like most of them. Now most, most of them I found boring, and now especially as a as an adult, if I get a box of milk tray, I am like these are really fucking boring chocolates. I don't think I've had a box of milk tray in about fifteen years. I've got to be honest. Oh yeah, I still get them quite often. They, the box might kick around in in work or whatever, or Christmas time somebody's bound to have one. But it's like it's just the least interesting box of chocolates. Like there's nothing, and especially now in this day and age where you get fucking heroes and celebrations who want yeah. to have trays. Well, yeah, that's it. 
Just give me tiny I'm... miniature versions of chocolate bars I already fill my face with. Who needs variety? <laughs> Fuck that. Just yeah, give me I, a bounty that I can eat and not feel guilty about it because it's the size of my fucking little finger. That'll do. Yeah. Also, if you do like the bounties, they're great because no other fucker does. So you end up with all the bounties to yourself. Yeah, whereas the Maltesers, everybody fucking likes See, I don't. Right, we need to share a box of celebrations by the sound of it because I love bounties and hate Maltesers. So, to be fair, I, I, I like most of them, but uh, yeah, yeah I, it's it's frustrating. I, I there was um, a big tub went into work Christmas time last year, and there were fucking loads left. Apart from there were no Maltesers, somebody had actually gone through and picked out all the Maltesers. Fucking monster! I was like, I'm gonna buy another. I'm gonna buy another. I didn't buy this tub, so I, I can't really be too outraged because I didn't pay for it in the first place. But I, I was half tempted to put a camera up. And watch who was taking all the good fucking chocolates out of it, and just leaving the shit ones. I I'd be totally fine with somebody stealing all. I would actively give the Maltesers away. I don't get them. I don't <laughs> understand Maltesers. I know that's me. I know I'm I'm the freak because everyone else loves them. But I don't know. I don't dislike them. Like I'll eat a Malteser, but then you get a weird sugary aftertaste. Ugh, yuck. Yeah, that'd be the honeycomb, wouldn't it? Yeah. Ugh. Anyway, um, this is supposed to be a Danger Mouse podcast, and somehow we're now talking about chocolates. We've done chocolates, computer games, the sex life of frogs. Um, you know, it's felt, like, it's felt like this, this podcast has gone a little bit off the rails the last couple of weeks. I'm glad to see we're back on form here. <laughs> um, this feels more like SMPD again now. What, rambling and non-coherent? Uh, yeah, just talking utter shit. <laughs> Yeah. With an excuse of yeah, it is about a TV show. Honest. Yeah, more or less. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I mean, I, I guess, I guess that is it. Really, there's not a great deal more to say about Danger Mouse other than it. It will always be there for me. I think just the original, not the, not the reboots. I don't feel like I'll ever need to watch them. As I say, I'll watch them if they're on. Um, yeah. But it just very specifically reminds me of a time and a place and that that really is what nostalgia is isn't it like danger mouse did instantly takes me back to the kind of mid 1980s and being five six years old and playing that spectrum game and watching custard on loop where I, you know <laughs> with, with this tape which would have had old adverts in it as well like the milk tray man so there yeah. you go that was relevant um, there you go um but yeah i mean i think that i mean for me this is kind of the reason we do the show is yeah. that you know, we do get to go back to these things that we absolutely loved. Um and we get them we get to sort of share you know what what it is we love and hopefully um, find people who have similar opinions or conversely find people who are wrong. I mean who have different opinions. Um because Yeah, I mean, but you are just just you are wrong if you dislike Danger Mouse. I don't think oh, we're gonna accept yeah. any argument on that. Yeah. Um but yeah, I mean so that that's kind of what I get out of this show is I get to go back to these things and a lot of the time, no, some of the things we watch, I have to try really hard. But most of the time, it strikes me straight away what it was I loved about these shows and why, no, why they're on our list in the first place, why we want to watch them again, and why we want to talk about them. Um, and yeah, this was absolutely, no, given the fact that I think I watched maybe three episodes, if we're lucky, uh, in preparation for this, and you watched A Big Fat Zero. Oh, no, I did. I rewatched Custard because as soon as oh, okay. it popped up, I couldn't not. Um, <laughs> But okay. that so, was yeah, it I mean, for me. But so, I mean, the fact that you know, you know, the, these things are there and just knowing they are there to go and pick up, I think is enough because I, I can just 
pick it up and dig, dip in and dip out without without worrying about it too much, without thinking, oh, shit, I need to binge it now because I need to I need to keep up with it, or I've watched one and it's shit, I'm not going to bother anymore. Um, so, yeah, I mean, this is... All in, this has been a win for me because I hadn't I haven't watched this show for for quite a long time. Yeah, um, and, and and now that you have, you'll probably find you'll watch it more in the in the oh, coming yeah. weeks, and then it'll probably vanish into your subconscious again. Um, but like I said, it's it's always there, and it and that's my take on it as well as I said, I've only rewatched Custard for this, and and that was only because. Yeah. I sat down looking for the theme tune because obviously by the time you hear this, I'll have cut the theme tune onto the start of it. Um, yes. I, and the first thing that popped up was Custard, and I just couldn't not watch it because I, I just, I was instantly back there with that grubby old VHS that I taped off the TV, yeah. and I had to watch it. And yeah, like you say, that is that is the wonderful thing about this show is is most of the time we end up getting disappointed. Some of the time we find some real value in shows that that we previously weren't that interested in yeah Uh, but very rarely do we get a real nostalgia hit like this you know very rarely do we get something that can can so just wholly take us back you know from from the theme tune to the voices to the way the animation looks it all just transports you back to that time and place and feels just as good and fresh and relevant as it did then um it's a wonderful wonderful show it's as i say i I don't know that i would call it the best cartoon of all time which that channel for paul would kind of insinuate it was um Mm. certainly on children's television but it would it would definitely be up there it's, for me. Right, it's definitely right up there. I mean, just before we wrap up, how much of the theme tune did you remember when you were looking for it? He's the greatest. He's fantastic. Wherever there is danger, he'll be there. Um, the second verse, I'm not so sure about, but then you get the backing vocals coming in, saying yeah. astounding, fantastic, and all of that. Yeah, that's no, about the same as me. Though. That's what, uh, I think I'm everybody not, not remembers that. He's the greatest. He's fantastic. Wherever there's danger, he'll be there. Then, Because... Ah, now here's the thing. We were going to wrap up, but you've taken me down an avenue now. Um, there are two or three versions of the theme tune, and okay. you don't always get the full version. So right. the short version just has that first verse, and that actually is the more common one, I think. I could be right. wrong on that, but that's certainly the one I remember the, the most. Um, so, so yeah, I remembered a, a good degree of it, and I can... I can hear it in my head now, like with in a pitch yeah. perfect rendition, down to the the ropey horns and everything as well. Um, <laughs> and as the yeah. you know, we haven't actually talked about it. I, I, we do talk about theme tunes a lot on this show. It's one of the greatest. Needless to say, um, yeah, definitely. It's an it's, instant it's one, of, it's one of my favorites. Yeah, it's definitely one of my favorites. Um, but yeah, all right, cool. Um, so yeah, that's Danger Mouse in a very sort of roundabout sort of way which meandered all you know, through you know, the biological world the natural world and kid and uh yeah sorry guys i just adverts. uh yeah um, look like i said it, it's hot i'm probably a little bit loopy um <laughs> i've not i've not had the most sleep in the world so yeah and those three things aren't necessarily mutually exclusive sometimes he just rambles uh yeah most of the time i just ramble to be fair <laughs> um but yeah um 
get in touch, share your thoughts. I mean, this is, I mean, quite clearly from what we've been talking, this is quite a special show for us. I mean, we'd love to hear people's thoughts and people's um, memories of this. Um, you can get in touch on Facebook with the Double Down Podcast Network. Uh, you can catch us on Twitter at SMPDPod. Uh, you can go to our website, ddpodcast.net, and leave us a message via there. Um, yeah, let us know what you think. Um, I said, love to uh, love to engage a bit more and such. Just share share a lot of these sort of happy memories with people. Um, until next time, crumbs DM. Angel Mom.